As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to MAF Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everyone. We are back here for Mavs Sports Take, episode 15, your weekly podcast for sports, business, and everything that you need in this crazy world that we are currently living in, NFL, NFL draft, college football, the sports world in general. We got you covered here. Ryan Roberts and David Turner here to break it down. Unmuzzled sports talk all night here. Last week, we welcomed in Mr. Rick Saratella, owner of NFL Draft Bible, NFL PA Bowl game scouting coordinator, to discuss the state of the NFL, CFL, and college football. What will the draft process look like this year and how the young athletes prepare for these adverse situations? This week, a special one for us. We're going to talk our usual t- talk. We're going to talk some games. We're going to pick some games. We're going to talk about the biggest storylines in the week. We've seen a lot of opt-outs in college football over the past week. We're going to talk about the impact of the NFL PA Bowl going fully virtual, the Shrine game already being canceled, Senior Bowl invites have been in full effect. We also have a really special interview coming to you all tonight as well. We got Mr. Spencer Brown, who is an offensive tackle to the uh, 2021 NFL Draft prospect out of Northern Iowa, really special player. He decided to opt out this season with everything getting pushed to the spring, but he is preparing for that big trip down to Mobile this year to show his worth for the 2021 NFL draft class. Exciting one. We're going to have him on in just a few minutes. Before we do, David, David, actually, David, how are we doing tonight? I was about to ask you a question before you even say hello, brother. How are we doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing well. We both got a lot going on, so I understand. I totally get it. But tonight is a great night. You know, I'm excited for this interview. I'm excited to talk about the the landscape of college football, where it's at with these players opting out with, you know, coaches getting fired already and, you know, all the changes that look to be forecasting coming forward and, you know, then get into some NFL discussion about what's happening in that landscape. 
It's such a different year for sports in general, but in the NFL and college football, it's just going to be, I think, an historic year with changeover, diverse changes and diversity hires and things. It's it's going to be one that uh, we're not going to forget. Absolutely. Like I said, we're going to have Spencer Brown on in a few minutes. Before we do, though, a couple big topics that have come over the last couple weeks. This evening, probably about an hour or two ago, we had Mr. J.C. Horn, cornerback from South Carolina, choose to opt out of the season after only seven games played during his junior year, has declared for the draft. Now, there is some context to the situation. Of course, Coach Will Muschamp was let go yesterday by the University of South Carolina. So obviously, I'm sure that that played a big role in this decision for J.C. But we've seen other players over the last few weeks decide to opt out. I'm thinking about Paris Ford from University of Pittsburgh. I'm thinking about Marvin Wilson. He, although he is dealing with an injury, has opted out of the season to prepare for the draft. To Marion Terry, no longer with the Florida State program, has opted out and declared for the uh, – I don't know if he's officially declared, but he has definitely opted out. David, we're seeing this trend, and we talked about this before the season even started, whether some players would maybe play a few games, get their film, right, in this haphazard, odd season – and then take their opportunity to go to the next level. It looks like we are getting a large number of players that are taking, or I shouldn't say a large number yet, but we are definitely getting a, a set of players that have opted to take that opportunity. For you, being a person that was in those locker rooms, was in that front office for 18 years on the professional level, I think that what a lot of people are going to talk about, and I don't know if there's any validity to this conversation, does this portray poorly onto these players for some people that might say, quote unquote, they didn't see it through. They quit on their team, blah, blah, blah. Do you think there's any negative effect to them choosing to opt out at this time? It definitely could have negative effect because they started the road and now they're choosing not to finish the road. You know, it's a road in which they chose to walk, but now they're saying, okay, I quit. So it's, it's not like the one, the guys who before the season said, Hey, listen, I'm just opting out of the whole season. Don't count on me, guys. I'm gone. I'm going to move upfield. I don't know what's going on with this COVID thing. I don't know what's going to happen with draft, uh, the the games and everything. So I'm just going to sit the whole year out instead of being on a yo-yo. These are young men that have decided to say, hey, I come in, coach. You can depend on me. I'm going to be here for you. And now they're choosing to leave. I think that's a different message. So it can be a negative uh, impact on these, these young men's draft stock. But it's also kind of hard in these times when we're seeing how many, I think we had seven or eight games last week canceled due to COVID situations, whether it was COVID cases or tracing or whatever the case may be. There were seven or eight games just this last past weekend canceled due to the COVID thing. So, we're, and we're seeing another, you know, I want to say resurgence, but another um, swing right? In cases yeah. going across the country. So if, if you're a person, I'm not going to take personnel person or a coach out of it, just a person. And you see these young men make decisions like, Hey, you know, they might come in and say, Hey, listen, it was going good, but now the cases went up and I decided it was not something I wanted to risk at this time. You know, I thought we'd be healthier by this stage in the game and we're not. And with these co these cases going back up, flu season coming around, I just didn't want to be part of the you know the uh, the program anymore. And you know how are you going to fault them? Being honest with you, 
Like, how are you going to fault them when the cases are going up? We are seeing games every week canceled due to COVID, you know, games. And not just small schools that can't afford the testing. I mean, we're seeing major programs that can afford the testing being suspended for play. So, you know, I don't know how how much as a human being I can affect these young kids' draft stock by, by them making this decision right now. And I feel like every time we talk about this type of conversation, you always say, obviously, it's an individual by individual basis. Like, take a look at J.C. Horn, for instance, right? Kind of how I laid it out. The coaches fired yesterday. They're two and five. I understand the mindset where, like, you know, oh, South Carolina gave you an education. They gave you an opportunity to play football on a high level, see things through. But that person that gave him that opportunity and gave him that scholarship was let go yesterday. So at that point, David, does do they owe, does he owe that program anything when he fulfilled what his coach, what his coach asked of him, you know, he lasted until the very last day that coach Muschamp was in office. Well, yeah, you know, if this is a normal time without COVID and a, and a player, because the coach got fired, he decided to sit out, I would mark him down because you're not making a commitment to the coach. You're making a commitment to the program. You're making to the commitment to the guy next to you on the offensive line or on that defensive secondary. You've made the commitment for four years or three years, whatever it is, to those teammates. And therefore, yeah, that's where your commitment is. It's not to a single individual. It's to the program. It's to the other individuals inside that locker room. So therefore, I'm not one that'd be like in a normal situation. I'd be like, man, that dude quit. I don't know about that. You know, I, I don't know about that. Would, that wouldn't have a good taste in my mouth. Now that we have the COVID on the upswing and different things going on, that's where I'm saying, you know, the taste, it still doesn't sit well with me because they started something and they made a decision to start something and now they're choosing to quit. But again, I'm not going to sit here and say that it would have as powerful as an impact this year as in other years or if there was a non-COVID situation going on that, you know, I would definitely mark them down for, for drafting them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And again, we are live here on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, bringing everything that you need to know on Muslim Sports Talk for the night. We'll be taking questions all night, too. If you want to throw a question in the chat in just a couple minutes, we also have Mr. Spencer Brown, offensive tackle, early, in, well, not early enrollee. He chose to opt out of his senior season 2021 NFL draft prospects. So be, be sure to check out that interview in a couple minutes here. Want to touch on a few things, David, because I think the most exciting thing we're seeing from, from the NFL draft swing of everything is a whole lot of senior ball invites, accepted invites so far over the last few days. Jim Nagy seems to be doing another great job putting together a very talented roster. It's an abnormal year because, again, the East-West Shrine game has already kaput. They did not have the ability to field a game this year. We saw the NFL PA Bowl. They're not going to play a game either, but they are doing a virtual outlook, right, so that we get some of the same things. We still get a little bit of a face to a name type of thing, get a little background information. So interesting to see how the NFL PA is able to, to, uh, to really show themselves. But we always know the Senior Bowl is the king, right? They, they don't really compete with those other two games because they're always going to get the best of the best. In this season now, the way it is, David, with those two games already kaput to a degree, NFLP obviously into a somewhat of a degree, should the Senior Bowl, and I think this is an interesting conversation, 
if they have the ability, should they expand the roster to a degree and give more of these players that are losing on an opportunity a chance to show themselves this draft season? Um, I think it's difficult because even like I heard last week, the spring league's got one team in quarantine now and they're having some trouble with COVID down there. Unless you have the money like the NFL does to test continually, track continually, and know what's going on, even in a bubble situation with the sure numbers of players that we're talking about, and I think it's hard to go and invite more people into that bubble. So if the Senior Bowl is to do it, I don't know how ex- – I, I think extending the opportunity for a lot of young men make makes sense for them, but is the safe, if you're talking about safety of players – those ones that have already been selected and that are in the true, what, 60-player bubble that they're going to bring down there, something like that, um, if you extend it, you're, you're jeopardizing their safety. So I don't know how, how that's going to work because we're seeing opportunities where, you know, I, I just feel that more people into the bubble, the more opportunity to spread COVID there and there, there's going to be, especially until, you know, this vaccine gets solidified and situated and it goes out. That being said, you always want to give kids an opportunity to show what they did. Like we just did an ANC. Uh, we did a, 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 a fall camp series where we went to four different states, brought in about 60 to 80 kids per, per city and let them try out for us in a, in a modified little, you know, bubble situation for a day and work out. And, um, you know, it's really hard to keep them safe. You gotta, you gotta work hard to keep these young men safe in these environments. Um, and a lot of, there's a lot of sitting around for some of them. There's a lot of not doing much for some of them. Then they're like, kind of, man, what's going on? Well, like I told them this weekend, it's keeping you safe. You know, by having you sit out over there while these people perform on the field, it keeps you safe and it keeps them safe. And you know, it's just a way, new way of doing it. But it's not the true hustle and bustle they're used to. Um, and so it's hard, but I don't know if I was a senior bowl, if I'd up the rosters, even though it would be giving more young men opportunity just for, because you're going to do contact and stuff on the field. So you don't want to overexpose somebody either. Yeah. Well, I hear you, man. It was just an interesting conversation. I'm, I'm the idea, man. I don't make things practical, right? Like I just, I just throw things out there and see what sticks type of thing. Right. We no, are- I love the conversation because I, again, without the, Without the East-West Shrine and you don't know and, you know, the NFLPA going all virtual and you don't know what the was it the Gridiron Classics going to be able to do and you don't know what the, if the Hula Bowl is going to be able to do anything. And the other part of that is by getting that year of eligibility, everybody right now technically isn't a tw- is a 2022 draft class. They all have to declare. And the declaration date as of right now is January 18th. And the only bowl game that's passed – after January 18th is the NFL is the, is the senior bowl. So you would get enough people to declare and then accept their, their bids and do everything. All the paperwork would be nice and neat because anything before that, the paperwork would be clouded and NFL teams might not be able to show up and be part of it because the, the declaration date isn't until January 18th, which is the business side, right? The paperwork side of the business. So it's kind of, interesting on how other bowl games might handle that if they go after the senior bowl like if the hula bowl 
were to say, okay, we're not going to go before the senior bowl. We're actually going to go after the senior bowl and let everybody declare. And then whoever doesn't go to the senior bowl can come out there. And maybe some guys at the senior bowl might want to come out to Hawaii afterwards. Like you just don't know how they're going to, how they're going to line it up and size it up. Absolutely. And we're about to bring on Mr. Spencer Brown in just a second before we do We are fresh out of the film room now on Friday Night Scout School. David Turner and myself have concluded the film evaluation section of Friday Night Scout School. Next stop, understanding the business side and inner workings of the professional football team from David Turner, who has been in the building firsthand for the better parts of 18 years. The Business of Football Seminar this Friday, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Register today at www.draftbible.com. Now welcoming in into the show, good friends has been, he can't get rid of me, man. I think this is like our fourth or fifth time talking at this point. I got Mr. Spencer Brown, Northern Iowa, former Northern Iowa offensive lineman, all Missouri Valley offensive tackle last year, now 2021 NFL draft prospect and a senior ball, future senior ball participant. Spencer, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, before we get started here, Spence, I, I want to ask just real quick. I know it's tough times. I think you're out there in California. If, if I if I read uh, your your message a few days ago correctly, how's everything? just as far as the health wise, family wise, how's everybody doing for you? Everything's going good. Uh, California is definitely a little bit different than Iowa. Um, I, I, I really do enjoy it. It's it's good to get outside your comfort zone and experience something new, as well as being the presence of Joe Staley and learn from him. And I'm out here with Dylan Ray Duns from North Coast State as well. So I'm um, learning from both of them and just improving the game every single day. Are you up it's in awesome, Northern California awesome. or are you in the Southern California area? Uh, Southern California. I guess from what I've learned, I'm in the San Diego area. That's what people call it. <laughs> from uh, what just, I learned. I love north, it. <laughs> north of San Diego and Oceanside, though. Gotcha. Uh, Dave, David's a uh, West Coast guy, so I'm sure he knows exactly where you are. I could even, I couldn't even probably. I couldn't even draw you on the map where if you told me where you are right now. So definitely have to get into that. I know Dave uh, Spencer, I was telling David, you know, the first time that we spoke, it was after your sophomore year. I think you had like five starts and then your season was cut short there. Obviously you had a really nice season last year. You started getting a lot of this draft hype. Now the whole situation kind of just painting the quick picture for everyone is Northern Iowa obviously postpones the season. You're left decision. There's probably, there's kind of a three-way decision for you. One, I'm sure a lot of people probably talk to you about maybe, hey, should you transfer to a different school and take an opportunity that way? Should you wait it out, maybe take the extra year of eligibility? Or if you should ultimately decide to enter the 2021 NFL draft and really just kind of focus in on that. Now, obviously, you chose the latter in that situation. If you could just briefly Take us through your thought process and the factors that went into your decision ultimately to enter the draft and opt out of the season. Yeah, just a backstory. It's kind of like a showed up. Like we um, were going into fall camp actually the day, the very next day. And there was some rumors going on the night before, um, right before fall camp, that we weren't even going to have it, that the season was going to get postponed. That's like when all those FCS schools started going down one after the other from different conferences. So we didn't really know what to expect. And then the morning of fall camp, the day of fall camp was supposed to start. We had a meeting with our AD and our athletic director, and they were kind of filling us in on what was going on and our options and had some discussions amongst players and our options were this and that. And we chose to 
postpone our season instead of playing three games together. Um, that was a team decision. Um, captains from each of the position groups got to get, got together with their groups and everybody's voice was heard on that. And that was our choice. And um, for me, I didn't 100%, 100% know what I was going to do. Um, I had a small idea, but I never really thought about it until that moment, what I was going to do. I was a lot of talk with my my mom, my cousin, family, and then I was talking to other coaches, and after the season would be over, they pretty much told me that I didn't need to come back, and um, the hype was there. Um, I had some good insight on what I was supposed to do, and I took that insight to heart and, and believed in my abilities as well. So I didn't want to leave either. I'm sure you guys have seen the articles on that as well. Um, I wasn't yeah. going to play for anybody else but you and I, and that's what I stand by. It was the school that I went to that I loved, and I loved those guys. I wasn't going to play for any other coach or be a teammate with anybody else. So that's why I didn't leave, and um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, and Spence, I know, I know obviously, I, I'm sure that that decision was very difficult. Like you said, you had to talk to your, your support system. What was the conversations, if you don't mind me asking, about just like between the players? Because obviously when I put out the article about you guys last year, I know Briley obviously took the opportunity to go to Kansas State. Xavier, I'm not really sure what's happening with with, uh, with X over there. But then, you know, Ellerson obviously opted out as well and, and ultimately entered the draft. He's going to be down in Mobile with you as well, um, announced a couple of days ago. So what was kind of the conversation from a player to player perspective in making that decision? Did that come to, did that, was that any, in any way way into your decision or did you guys maybe talk a lot during your, each of you um, individual decision-making or was it something that was solely just you and your family and your smaller support system? Um, it was all together. Um, I consider my teammates, my family for sure. Um, those guys are mm-hmm. as close to me as any of my family members are. So um I can't say word for word what was said, but there was, uh, to sum it up pretty much, there was just that competition that we were going to play for those three games. We won Power 5 schools because we knew that we were going to be able to play against Power 5 teams and put up a really good fight and possibly win. And we were told teams we could possibly play, and none of them seemed to spark an interest, I guess, with the players. Because like going, right. into, that's like a lot of work for just a tease of what the season could have been. I mean, we knew what we had, and I think a lot of people did. And I didn't want to, and I know a lot of guys didn't want to either to go into the season, play three games, and like, oh, call it quits. Like, mm-hmm. it's fun to play football and everything like that, but it's also a risk at the same time, a lot of time devoted into it. And just the weighing of your options in the, cert- in the situation that we were in wasn't a good move for us in that sense. Yeah. Now, I'm – Sorry, Dan. I was just going to say, I'm never going to forgive COVID for taking away a Northern Iowa-Iowa matchup in the first game of the year, too, man. That was what I was really looking forward to. Oh, my gosh. I better go run through a wall right now. Is <laughs> we, uh, we were pretty excited, too. We knew what we had. And now two recent senior bowl invites, all Americans around the board, a lot of young guys that no one really knows about those going to step up this year. And we're going to get everybody back healthy for, like, the first time in a long time. And it would have been. It was going to be a really, really good season, and it's a shame that we didn't get a play. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned at the start of the show that you uh, you have a chance to go out and train with Joe Staley. How did that connection happen? So he and I um, are through the same agency, not the same uh, agent, but a part of the same 
um, agency. So Joe retired, and I was told that he didn't want to just cold turkey football and be done and not have any involvement with it. He still wants to give back to the game, and I'm thankful for that. So I spent the end of August until now um, four days a week with Joe, either watching film on the and being on the whiteboard or on the field, uh, learn technique and stuff like that. Now, what agency is this? Rep One. Rep One, and who's your agent at Rep One? Chase Callahan. Chase, okay. And then you know the training you said has been on the field, it's been on the whiteboard, it's been film. Can you can you lay out a couple bullet points or some things that he's been able to uh, help you you know pick up on that you might not have had even in your four years of coaching? Uh, yeah. So with Joe, it's a lot of more one-on-one time, obviously. And now Dylan's here, so it's still pretty much one-on-one. But in college, it's like you're in a room full of guys, and being a fifth-year senior, you usually have most of it down. It's not a whole lot of one-on-one time for your coach anymore because he's devoted to those young guys, getting them up to speed. Um, coach Clanton was still a very, very good coach for me and taught me a ton about football, and I still need to learn a ton here. So um, what Joe has been teaching us is a lot about the super, super small stuff. That's what he keeps preaching to us about once you get to the NFL, it's going to be like a millisecond. Either you're behind or ahead, and that's what's going to count between winning and losing a rep. And then just, uh, like I said, technique on the whiteboard, just getting football lingo down, I guess, to be able to talk about it in your meetings at the Reese's Senior Bowl and Combine. Um, then other than that, besides just football, there's been numerous days where we go to his house. That's where we do the meetings at. And he's like, today's just going to be a, a question day. You ask me any questions, the ins and outs of football. I've been league 13 years, seen it all. Um, what are you guys worried about, have questions about? How do you handle this situation and stuff like that? And he's just been a really good person to bounce questions off and obviously get very, very good uh, source of information back as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and kind of to just paint the picture real quick for the listeners, I probably should have led with this, but Spencer's journey was a really unique one. Lennox, Iowa, he played eight-man football, played tight end, defensive end, showed up to the University of Northern Iowa about 230 to 240 pounds, somewhere in that in that ballpark as a, as a defensive end, tight end, trying to figure out what spot he's going to play. Eventually, obviously, really hit the weight room. I mean, he's, he's I mean, you, you could go take a look at uh, Bruce Feldman's article about when he made the freaks list. If you want any indication of how hard this guy works in the weight room and Spencer, you talked about, and I know that you're a super competitive person from every conversation we've ever had. You already mentioned you're now training with Dylan Radins, who's the other quote unquote small school stud, right? The North, North Dakota state offensive tackle. Is there any point for you a measuring stick? You versus him? Is there is there like a little bit of a heated competition to show who's the better FCS offensive tackle, who's the better player overall, or is it just kind of working on working on your craft and just getting better day by day? No, there isn't any heated arguments or anything like that, or competition, or I'm better or you're better. But um, it's good to have someone to go against. I was here for probably a month and a half by myself, so it's good to have, finally have someone with me doing the same drills, working out together. And um, it's definitely different. I mean, I have been working out with a group of 20 guys for five years in the weight room, and it's like an environment type thing, and now I'm just by myself. So it's a little <laughs> different. But it's great to have him here um, competition-wise and to see how he does things differently than I do and either put them into the toolbox or say, oh, that doesn't work for me. So um, definitely good to rebound things off each other, and um, obviously the competition-wise is great as well. 
And Spencer, I don't know if you remember this, but when we when I was writing that article about you guys, we talked on the phone for a couple minutes. Do you remember the, the uh, person that I compared you to, player-wise? Do you remember? Um, I'm going to take a stab. It's, it was like Mike yes. or something. It was Mike McGlinchey, absolutely. So it's so fitting right now that you're out in California trading with a, for, a former 49er, a great player in Joe Staley. Mike McGlinchey, I think, was a great comp. David, I don't know if you want to weigh on in that one, man. It was one of the best comparisons I've done all offseason, I would say. Oh, I love how you just patted yourself on the back. You sure you didn't break your arm right there? You went so far back and, you know, started tapping hard. <laughs> I got it, man. Yo, if you're not going to pat me on the back, I got to pat myself once in a while. It's COVID world, too, so there's there's literally nobody to pat you on the back in this, yeah, in, true, this environment right you gotta, now. You got to build yourself up and break yourself down once in a while. <laughs> Once in a while, man. Absolutely. And I'll say, Spence, the, one of the, the coolest moments I would say over the last few months was when you got that invite to the Senior Bowl. That video obviously went viral. Joe Staley surprised you while you were you know, doing some field work. And it was a whole lot of fun. You know, you can see just the joy and kind of that moment being just surreal because obviously you were talked about it being on the Senior Bowl watch list in the summer and, and Jim Nagy spoke highly of you. So, like, you knew he was on the radar. But take me to that moment when you receive that invitation. And I'm sure, obviously, you know, the hard work is far from over, but that is a pretty awesome recognition that only a few people in the world have ever had the opportunity to take. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy little morning. Uh, just being around Joe and his personality, he's a guy that will mess around with you and have a good time. So I had no idea what was going on. I thought it was <laughs> Joe and I was just taking it as I got it. And then, I still didn't fully understand what was going on until I got a hat thrown at me. So even like through that video, through that video, I didn't know what was going on until <laughs> finally a hat hit me and then it finally hit me. And then I like heart dropped, like in a good way. I'm like, Oh man, I've been worried about this. I wanted to go so I can display my talents. And I've been watching it since I was like super young, the senior bowl and seeing all these guys go. So, and to be one of those guys now, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a very, very surreal moment. And, I just kind of sat there, enjoyed it, and I read the letter like probably six times in one sitting right there at the at the field we were at. So it's pretty cool, and um, I'm just anxious to get down there and display my talents. Absolutely, now, when you man. Think about what's ahead of you, and you've talked to Joe and your agent and everybody about it. What's what's something that you feel you need to get on top of? Is it the interview portion of this? Is it the displaying your skills at the Senior Bowl? What's what's something you think you're still needing to? I mean, you got a few months left. What's some things you got to fine tune here? Um, I wouldn't say I have a problem with interviews. I think I do pretty well at, at talking about my game and on areas I can improve on. I'm a pretty honest guy about anything you're going to ask me. So I'm never going to try to put smoke in mirrors and tell you something that's not true. I'm going to tell you um, in the most truthful way I can. And then after that, I think just the competition gap that everyone talks about from FCS to Power 5, can they hang in there? I spoke on there and proved for myself and FCS guys around the nation that um, there's a lot of ballers in the FCS and, and we can hang with the big guys. And, speak, and speaking of ballers, Spencer, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the the talent that you had coming back from Northern Iowa potentially before everything got shut down. I know big moment though, right? One Northern Iowa guy in the, in the uh, senior bowl is a big accomplishment, but then Ellerson Smith, the great defensive end, all American defensive end, 14 and a half sacks, I think last year incredible moments a couple days ago. He got his invite as well. What was that moment for you, looking at it from a teammate perspective, seeing a guy coming down the mobile with you, having two guys represented from one FCS um, one FCS program, and then also, you know, it's a guy that you had been going to war literally 
one-on-one a lot during your career, being an offensive tackle, going against defense, man. What was that moment overall like? Yeah, so I didn't I didn't know what was going on either. I was actually in my room, and I was just scrolling through my Instagram, and I'm like, what? I was through my phone, and then <laughs> I called instantly, and I had my mouth open, and he answered. He started laughing, and we had a good laugh about it. And um, I, I honestly got goosebumps as soon as I saw that he actually got it, and that's just awesome. And him and I have a pretty similar story. Both um, super, super undersized guys put on probably 70 pounds each and then just working every single day. And I, I would say we're both kind of the same guys. Um, we didn't get caught up in the end goal a lot. It's just kind of show up and, and work hard every single day. And like you said, we had our battles every single fall camp. And in those heated moments, we we duke it out, either that's on the field or in the locker room. But next day, we're, we're good friends. And I'm, I'm super excited to be down there and, and on the same team as him again. So it's going to be a, a very, very fun time down there in Mobile Town. You know, you know, what's really funny is, you know, obviously you are on the same team going down there in Mobile, but the most important part of the week is those one-on-ones in practice. Like the game doesn't matter that much, right? It's, it's at everyday reps. Give me, give me, a, you have to give me a little bit of a, of a, um, of a preview here, Spence. You talked about, you know, going to battle with him in fall camp. When the lights come on bright down there in Mobile, Alabama, obviously there's a lot on stake for both you guys. What's, uh, what's the outcome of some of those matchups going to be? Oh, I don't know. Uh, we, we've we, uh, split our reps quite evenly here, you and I, and I'm actually anxious to get out there and see uh, him against those those Power Five guys. I mean, he and I know that what we bring to the table, and I'm going to be sitting in the back of that line watching. I'm like, oh, here we go. I know what's coming, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you what's coming kind of thing. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely anxious to see what he can do, and I know he's going to do so, so good. And I'm just beyond excited, beyond excited to watch him down there. Definitely. And David, I never asked you, David, I, I don't know if you've ever been up to Northern Iowa on a scouting trip during your 18 years. You ever got up over there? I've never gotten that. one school I've not gotten to. No, I can't say that. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Well, that, again, this is Mr. Spencer Brown, former Northern Iowa offensive tackle, 2021 NFL draft prospect. Spencer, man, really, do, again, do appreciate you coming back on uh, to talk ball for a little bit. We'll also be having Spencer on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect podcast later in the week that for, with a little more of a one-on-one vibe. But, Spencer, appreciate you taking some time today, man. Really, it was, it was nice just catching up, hearing everything, the success that you've had. It's, it's been wonderful to watch. I appreciate that, and thanks for having me again. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on, Spencer. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, well, Mr. David Turner, that's my guy right there, man. That's one of them right there. That the is one of your guys. I've been hearing about that guy forever, so it was good to get to meet him and talk to him a little bit and see what he's up to and how he's preparing himself for this opportunity that's in front of him. I mean, it sounds like he's going to have all the measurables that we're you know that that the NFL guys are going to be looking for. So, you know, and that he's preparing with Joe out there, who's obviously a meticulous technician and everything that joe did for like he said 13 years of playing it's really given him a step up and a step forward i mean most of these guys think about it they'll end their playing days you know like december or january and they might get a few weeks of coaching this guy's getting four months of coaching with joe staley i mean right he's 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 got he's getting an advanced degree during this time he's really you know taking the opportunity to get better at his craft from one of the best in the business. So it's it'll be interesting to see how the, uh, he grades out on the interviews and down in Mobile and everything that's coming his way. 
Uh, you know what I just realized? Jimmy Williams did put a question in tonight for Spencer Brown. Jimmy, if you're listening right now, man, I am so sorry. I completely forgot to ask Spencer the question. I will ask him on our on my interview with him, my one-on-one later in the week. Uh, so apologize for not getting that question into him. But be, be sure. I got you, brother. I got you. We will get that question out to him. One thing, David, you know, just kind of a takeaway. And I've re- I wrote a piece about these guys in the summer, these Northern Iowa guys. And if if having a six foot eight, three hundred and twenty pound right tackle that was a former tight end recruit who is a really nice athlete, if that isn't impressive enough, having one of those guys going down to Mobile, Alabama, they just got Ellerson Smith, their defensive end, who is all six six plus two hundred and sixty plus pounds, now going down there and as a four three defensive end who's just gotten bigger and bigger. He showed up the camp. Um, campus, I think Spencer and him, uh, he actually told me this as well. He was around like 200 pounds when he showed up to campus. So he had put on 60, 70 pounds during his time. Spencer went from 230, 240 to 310. How rare is it, David, just kind of thinking back on some of these classes? Northern, I mean, obviously you see some small school guys come out, but you don't usually don't see athletic specimens to this degree coming out of an FCS school in one given year. It's pretty rare. Well, you used to see things like this come out of, or things like this, players like this come out of Troy. Um, you know, Troy used to have a lot of players that would come through that did really uh, were measurable freaks. I mean, you have to think about where came out of there. O.C. Manura came out of there, right? Um, a few other players came out of Troy. Marcus Ware, Marcus Ware came out of there too. Yeah. Yep. And you know, you would, and then you, you know, you used to get guys out of you know Kingsville. Uh, back in the day and you'd get some guys great guys out of grambling and southern um you know their fcs schools used to be able to pull a lot of really good really good players it's they've just fallen off a little bit and i you know i think the um the big schools have soaked up some of those players and you know really got greedy with some of them so but you know you're seeing more and more start to you know trickle down look at your boy willis you know he's a, a quarterback over there at liberty you know, and well, he was, yep. he's having a hell of a year. And uh, he came from Auburn. I know that, but I mean, he, he transferred to a smaller school and now he's having a really heck of a year there. And he's, he's driving his draft stock up. Absolutely. And one other cool thing is you mentioned, obviously Joe Staley being the technician, it wasn't an FCS school, but Joe Staley is still from central Michigan. So he was kind of a, a lightly recruited guy that had to really developed physically up into his draft day. So really cool kind of the parallels of those guys getting matched up. As always, we're going to take you through some pickums in just a second here. We are also usually do a mailbag at the section, but we only have one really good one this week. So David, let's tackle this one real quick. Cause I asked you during the interview about the traveling to schools. If you had ever been in Northern Iowa, Mark Jarvis asked us in the mailbag for this week, the question for him, for you specifically, what was your favorite go-to spot when you were on the road? It could be Mobile, it could be Indiana, Indianapolis, it could be anywhere in general, the best food spots that you can recall on your travels. Well, if you're going to Indy, you got to go to St. Elmo's for, for you know. Oh, absolutely. That, yep. that steakhouse is great. But don't sleep. They got a, they have a um, Brazilian barbecue place there, too. It's, the names escape me. It's around the corner from St. Elmo's. I mean, you got to be hungry. You got to like starve yourself all day to go there. But it is delicious. It is one. Of, it is a great spot. That the meat that they bring out to the table and they cut it right there and everything. It's it's fantastic. You have to be a carnivore to enjoy that place. It was great. 
Um, you go over to Mobile. I mean, you just got to go get the oysters and the seafood down there in Mobile. I mean, there's a, no doubt about it. I mean, there's this one, again, it's been a couple years since I've been to Mobile, but there's a one little spot that you know, all the scouts go to and get the seafood. I mean, anytime you walk up in there, you'll just see table and table after scout and staff, staff scouting staff, because they're just down there enjoying all the seafood boils and everything. So, I mean, it's not so much the spot like the the right spot to go to but it's really like what are you going and getting you know so when you're in india you got to go get the meat you got to you know get that midwestern steakhouse feel to it and when you go down to mobile you got to get a you got to get a big old seafood boil going i love it man i love it brazilian steakhouse you had me at at brazilian steakhouse (laughs) i've been to a couple here in new jersey and in philadelphia those things, man. I mean, it's expensive, but hey, you eat probably twice the amount that you're actually paying for. So it's uh, it's always a good time at some Brazilian steakhouse for sure. Oh, absolutely! And, and we, again, you come down to Arizona. I got one in the neighborhood here that will just you know we can roll home when they're when we're done eating there. They can just roll us on in the wheelbarrow onto the house. Well, I, I need to I need to get ready for that one, man. It's a little hot out there in Arizona. You know, I like my seasons out here a little bit oh, too much. So it was only eighty two today. We're fine. <laughs> only eighty two, yeah, just the desert, no big deal. It was down from one twenty over the summer. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, when you when you freeze it like that, it might be something that we have to play in the near future. We're going to get into some pickums here. Before we do, we appreciate you for tuning in to Mad Sports Take tonight. What would be, what would you be able to accomplish if you were to attract your ideal client, next opportunity, or your ideal position that you would want? Maverick Sports Consulting can coach you on how to use your social media to attract your ideal client. If you're an agent, your next opportunity, or you're an athlete in the ideal position, if you're a coach, do you have do you have a self branding strategy? Are all your efforts aligned to accomplish that strategy? Don't be intimidated. You can accomplish everything you're setting out to do. You just need a little coaching. And Maverick Sports Consulting is your expert coach to get you to your goals. Check out maverickSportsConsulting.com for more information. Pickums, David. College football. Got to start with it. Got to start with it again this week. We have number 10, Wisconsin. Seven and a half point favorites against number 19, Northwestern, 4-0 and Northwestern. You want to applaud and you want to give somebody a coach of the year nod? Pat Fitzgerald is doing an incredible job at Northwestern. I've always been a fan of Pat, man. Like, he's got – he's a very abrasive person. He is, he's a little bit of an old-school kind of vibe to him. He, he's going to tell you how it is. But he was a tough-ass linebacker at Northwestern. He's done a nice job at Northwestern for the limitations that his rosters usually have. We have a big matchup here. Seven and a half point favor for Wisconsin. Graham Mertz, the quarterback for Wisconsin, looks like maybe the best Wisconsin quarterback in some time. Some defensive talent there, the usual great offensive line. What are you thinking in this game? What's your pick? You know, I think this the, uh, the Wisconsin offensive line has just been a dominant force. I mean, you saw what they did last weekend. I mean, they just were moving folks out of the role. Those, those holes were gigantic. So, you know, Northwestern, they – I'll be honest, they've been impressive too. This is a hard one for me because, like you said, I like that hard-nosed coach at Northwestern. I think he's a guy that is going to be on a lot of radars coming in, you know, whether this year or next year. But he's a guy that's going to be coming up a little bit further than the Northwestern stop that he's on. But, I, you know, in this case, in this situation, 
I'm going to take Wisconsin just because I think that offensive line is just moving folks, and it and their defense is playing tough too. Now, don't they're not getting scored a lot of points on that defense is playing pretty dang scrappy. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin in this one. I'll give up the was it seven and a half points to you know Northwestern, and I think it's only, but I, I think this is going to be like a ten point game. I don't think there's going to be a blowout. I don't think there's going to be a late score where. Northwestern, you know, makes it look more respectable. I think this is going to be a tight game all the way through, and Wisconsin just keeps churning, keeps churning, and then, and you know, at the end of the game, it winds up being a ten-point win. Yeah, and I will say, Wisconsin's got the second-best offensive line in college football, probably behind who? David Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Man, is that man? Uh, you know what's good? You know what's good? We don't have Notre Dame on the list for this week because they're on a bye week for you to pick against them again, even though they just keep proving you wrong, brother. They keep proving you wrong every week. I don't know about that. I mean, Chip Kelly every week's trying to lose games. The other – Chip Kelly. Aren't doing it. Chip Kelly's out in UCLA, Brian man. Kelly, whatever it is. Put some respect on Coach of the Year, Brian Kelly's – I ain't going to respect that fool until he leaves Notre Dame. <laughs> Why would you respect him after he leaves Notre Dame? Because I'll finally respect that he left a good job for someone else to go do it. Ah, okay. Yeah, maybe he'll go back to Cincinnati or Central Michigan, or maybe he'll go to the NFL. There's always that rumor every single year. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Go down to Houston. (laughs) That would would be awesome. That would be wonderful. He'd be turning red in those red uniforms next to him. It'd be a great look. be a great look. I'm picking Wisconsin here. I'm not a huge Wisconsin guy this year. I think they're a good football team. I think they're slightly overrated. I think they're good, though. I think that they have a little too much offensively in comparison to Northwestern, even though Northwestern has a nice defense with Patty Fisher, Blake Gallagher, you know, the usual defense, Ernest Brown. There's good players all on that Northwestern defense. Peyton Ramsey, Indiana transfer, a quarterback, has, did some nice stuff over the last couple games. I just think it's probably a little too much. Wisconsin's got a little too much power power offensively, so I'll take Wisconsin in this game. Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. That is the number 14 Oklahoma State Cowboys at number 18 Oklahoma Sooners. The Sooners favored by seven at home. I will start this one. I'm picking Oklahoma. I think they're getting stuff right. I think Spencer Rattler is a dynamic, young, redshirt freshman quarterback who's going to be one of the top picks when he chooses to declare, whether that be in 2022 or 2023. I'm a big believer in that kid's arm. He has some special traits to him. So I'm going to take them. Oklahoma State's a good football team. They are. They're right tackle. David, if if you want a treat, go watch some Tevin Jenkins, man. That dude is a mauler at right tackle. That is your throwback. I am going to beat you up every single play type of right tackle. I like him a ton. 6'5 plus, 310 plus pounds. A lot of good stuff to Tevin Jenkins. Right, right. Um, the running back, Chuba Hubbard, came to the year with a lot of fanfare. Was never a big Chuba Hubbard fan. Tyler Wallace is a good wide receiver. Spencer Sanders has a little something at quarterback. I think Oklahoma State's going to keep this one close. It's a traditional Big 12 game. It's whoever can play enough defense because nobody's going to play a lot of defense. So whatever is enough, going to take Spencer Rattler in that Oklahoma offense. I think they get it going. I'm not sure about covering that seven points, so I might take Oklahoma State with the points, but I'm going to take Oklahoma to win this football game. You know, I've been disappointed in Oklahoma State this year. I really am not a big fan. I I thought they were going to be more explosive. I really thought they were going to have a better year. 
in Oklahoma too, to me, Oklahoma, you know, they, they had a chance to come out and be explosive and they've just, they've been battling the last couple of weeks better. They've been doing better, you know, with se- if that seven points is for Oklahoma to get seven points, is that right? Yeah, so Oklahoma has to cover the seven. So Oklahoma State is getting seven points. Oklahoma State's ranked 14 and they're getting seven points. Because they're they're you just said it, they're frauds. You just said it. You literally just said it. <laughs> um well for me, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Oklahoma State is within the seven points, but Oklahoma wins the game. Oh, so we're right. We're right on. We're right on the same wavelength on that one. We agree yeah. on Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. That doesn't happen too often. Usually, we're a little adverse in our picks. So very interesting. The highest ranked matchup of two top twenty-five teams. We have number nine, Indiana. When is the last time that happened? I mean, in any sport, really. Uh, it, like it's basketball with Bobby Knight, right? Like looking back at some of those Bobby Knight teams, I suppose. Um, Indiana's been a little down in basketball the last few years. They haven't been the traditional power they are basketball-wise. Can't remember Indiana ever being ranked this high in football. They number nine going in to Ohio State. The Buckeyes are favored by 20 and a half, the number three team in the country. Oh, David, do the Indiana Hoosiers have any shot here? No. Simple no. My, Correct. I'm sorry, Ohio State is just rolling. I mean – Fields is my quarterback right now. I'm really liking him. He's throwing accurate dimes across the field everywhere. He's throwing to every zone, every level. His that ball's coming out quick. He's he's just got touch. He's got accuracy. He's got velocity. I mean, he's a he's a guy I'm really really impressed with his size and everything that he's carrying with him. I think he's really challenging uh, Lawrence for the number one pick overall. No chance. No chance. I will put I know, money I, I, on that right now. Here, but listen here, youngster. You'll 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 see it. You'll you'll come around. It's it, by the time April hits, you'll be on my side of the fence. Okay. No, no, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. I stick to my takes, David. I stick to my takes. But I will say I agree with your take here. Ohio State rolls Indiana. I'm not believing in Indiana, man. I'm just not. They're they're winning a bunch of close football games, which is great. Indiana's the number nine team in the country. They can look back on this in recruiting and say, hey, at one point during the season, we were a te- top 10 ranked team. We went into the horseshoe, ranked number nine in the country, which is awesome. Michael Panix Jr., their quarterback's a talented football player. Got a couple of wide receivers, Fry Ogle uh, and uh, Watt Filer are both nice football players. They absolutely are. But like David said, Justin Fields is the best quarterback by a landslide in this matchup. Ohio State has too many weapons. I am even going to take them to cover that 20 and a half. I think that they roll Indiana by at least three touchdowns. So give me Ohio State in that game. Over Indiana, Indiana. it rolled like my ankle. Oh, how how is your ankle, by the way? Oh, it's painful, baby. It's painful. (laughs) We are we are we are rolling tonight, honey. Oh yeah. Oh man, he's got his got his painkillers in. He's ready to go. Feeling good, baby. Feeling good. Feeling good. Moving to the NFL action for the week. It's been. Man, this week, this year for football for the NFL has been very entertaining. Dave, did you did you catch that Cardinals victory, man? I can't. I oh can't even. God. I told I you, DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the NFL. People want to keep challenging me. They keep wanting to challenging me. Bring up all these rookies and all these younger kids. Hopkins is the best receiver in the NFL right now. This guy 
his catch radius, his competitiveness, his ability to come down on contested catches. I mean, he caught that ball over three guys. And they're all good players, like you said. Like, I tweeted out, and you came right back, and you're like, yeah, hey, those are all three good players. And he finishes. I mean, Murray has the confidence in this guy just to heave it up there with six seconds to go. He could have gotten rid of the ball, thrown it out of bounds, huddled back up, called another play. Nah, he says, my guy's down there. He's in the end zone. I'm just going to heave it to him. Boom. Dude, that was a that was a pretty ridiculous throw by Murray, too, to be honest. Like, that was – he was almost falling down backwards 50-something yards in the air off his back foot. I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty pretty incredible. No, we know Murray's – shoot, when we broke him down on Friday Night Scout School, we saw him launch like a 65-yarder. I mean, we know he's yeah. got the arm strength. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, can really launch a – what was he, a center fielder or whatever, and he could throw dimes onto the – you know, at the home plate. So we know this guy's got accuracy and – an arm talent, but for him to roll out and then set his hips and fire, I mean, the trust he has in Hopkins is amazing. I mean, and that just makes that trade for Houston look worse and worse. Every catch for Hopkins makes that trade look worse and worse for Houston. Uh, it's so bad because then Bill O'Brien's out the door too, and you just traded away your best football player. It's it, it's just awful. It's it's and it's real bad luck. You're in the desert. He's the difference maker. Without him, they're not winning like this. Yeah, no, no, I agree. The uh, Arizona, uh, Arizona Cardinals are definitely playing well. Man, can you imagine Rick this morning on the morning show, though? He's probably insufferable about the Arizona Cardinals this morning. I know. I didn't listen, but yeah. I, I can't even imagine. I didn't listen either. I'm not going to listen either. If, if I could, I would just mute the part. Like, you know, on Twitter where you could just like mute words, I would mute the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals on the morning show if I could. <laughs> just mute him when he talks about the Arizona Cardinals. But we do have – we have to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. And, yeah, it was – I mean, it was insane. I highlighted it on Twitter. But Jordan Poyer, um, who was the, uh, Trey White, and then the other safety, Micah Hyde, all had been to a Pro Bowl, and they were all in that situation. If you could have drawn up three guys that you wanted in that situation, those were the three guys, and DeAndre Hopkins was better than all three of them combined. So, Ted Adolph – to DeAndre Hopkins, another big matchup this week, though, for the Arizona Cardinals, the 6-3 Arizona Cardinals at the 6-3 Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks favored by three, over-under set at 58-and-a-half. They think this is going to be a high-scoring game because the Seattle Seahawks play zero defense, absolutely terrible. But the Seattle Seahawks are coming off of a 23-16 to loss to the Los Angeles Rams. They did not look very good. The Rams' defense – was able to really stifle that offense. Seattle did not look good offensively all game. Arizona Cardinals coming off that high in that last second victory over the Buffalo Bills. What is your pulse on this game, David? I don't. I just can't get a clear read on this one. You know, I'm a big Seattle fan. Started off the season with they were like Russell was my MVP pick, as well as you know Seattle going potentially going to Super Bowl with what they had on that on that team. But this defense with injuries and in the ineffectiveness of their pass rush is just being exposed week in and week out. When they're not bringing five or six, they're not getting to the quarterback, and it's just a it's just a struggle for them with this pass rush. Russell last week was forcing some balls. I mean, the first I think six weeks he only had one interception or something, and now I mean last weekend he threw some balls into coverage where he could have had three or four. I mean, to be honest with you, so. You know, and the play calling it to me has gone away away from DJ Metcalf a little bit, and then they need to get back to that. And he, you know, it's like having Michael Irvin on the team and not 
not utilizing him for 15 plays a game. So I don't know what they're waiting for. I don't know. They got to take the shrink wrap off him and get him going a little bit more. So for me, I think Seattle is beaten up pretty bad with injuries across the board. So it, you know, this is one that, you know, Rick and I are going to go back and forth on. I already know it, but he's picking the Cardinals all the way. I, it pains me, but I think the Cardinals are going to actually win this game because of the injury Seattle's are is facing right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of validity to what you just said. DK Metcalf definitely have to get involved. He was just invisible. Two catches for 28 yards, not a single catch against Jalen Ramsey when Ramsey was on him. Jalen Ramsey really had a great game against the the um, against the Seattle Seahawks yesterday on Sunday. I just think, man, like Seattle has a two game skid now. Am I picking Seattle to lose three games in my in a row? Am I picking Russell Wilson to lose three games in a row? I'm going to take Seattle in this one, and this is not even any slight against Arizona because I think I'm t- I'm starting to turn around on Arizona a little bit. They're a better team than I thought they were going to be. I thought they were a year away, but I'm not going to pick Russell Wilson to lose three straight. I'm going to pick the home team, Seattle at home, coming off of a two-game skid is going to right the ship a little bit. Definitely give me the over, though, because is there defense being played in this game? I don't no. think so. We got Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson on both sides of things. There's going to be some points scored, but give me Seattle to cover the three points and the over in this game. Green Bay Packers at the Indianapolis Colts. Both teams sitting at six and three right now. Both good football teams. Green Bay Packers are actually, I'm sorry, Indianapolis Colts are two and a half point favorites. 51 and a half is the over under. Indianapolis Colts at home. I'll start on this game. I think it's going to be the Packers, even though. I mean, I think this past week, David, not including tonight's game, because obviously we're going live during the Monday night game. I think the home teams were 10 and 1 this past week in, in head-to-head wins, right? But I'm going to pick Green Bay to go into Indianapolis. I just think that at the end of it, man, like Indianapolis plays good defense. Green Bay, for the most part, plays good defense. If there's two good football teams, I'm going to pick the better quarterback. So I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. I know Phillip Rivers just had an okay week, but hey, man, Aaron Rodgers versus Phillip Rivers right this second. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers in this one. The over-under is a little tricky. I'm going to go under because I think that the Colts are going to have a little bit of a struggle this week offensively. So I'll go the under, but I'm going to go the Green Bay Packers to pull off the upset. And here I'm going to say not so fast. I think the Indianapolis Colts defense is going to have an answer for Green Bay's offense this week. And I'm going to say it's the under, and I'm going to pick the Colts. I think Phillip Rivers is going to do just enough. They're going to run the ball. They're going to control control the ball. Uh, they're, they're going to be able to keep the Packers off the field and that offense off the field, keep their defense rested. And when they do hit the field, they're going to be ready for the Packers. So I got Indianapolis Colts and the under. Man, I, I feel good about that pick. That's, that's one that we're going to have to revisit. This was like my my Notre Dame pick over the last two weeks that everybody was telling me was wrong. This is that same pulse, David, same pulse right there. Indianapolis Colts, no go against the Green Bay Packers. But we're going to the Kansas City Chiefs. 8-1 Kansas City Chiefs against the, I wrote Oakland Raiders, but is the Las Vegas Raiders. The Kansas City Chiefs are seven-point favorites. Over-under set at 57 Man, the Chiefs might score 57 by themselves against these Oakland Raiders. I don't know what you're thinking here, David. No, you know what? The Raiders' defense has been coming around a little bit. And, again, 
I'm not as big as the Raider guy as other people on this show or other people that we are affiliated with, I should say, because, you know, Rick is a Raider thumper. But, you know, for, but for me, you know, I think this is going to be a very strong contested game. Last time they played, the Raiders went into the Chiefs. They beat them at their home field. And now you have the, you know, eight and one Chiefs versus six and three Raiders. The Raiders need to, to win this game to keep pace. This is a need win for them. If they don't, if they, if they lose this game, the Chiefs go to nine and one and they go down to six and four, that's going to be a huge gap. And now they're, they're running the risk of not even making the playoffs in a wild card role. So you got to think about that. This is a must win for the Oakland Raiders. They need to knock these Chiefs down a peg. So for me, I'm going to pick the Raiders in this in this matchup, and I'm going to take the seven points, and I'm going to take the over. I think the Raiders have to match points with the Chiefs to win this one, and this is going to be one they have to win. So Gruden and the guys know that when they're in the lab this week, this is one they got to take. I will say this. We are on week 17 of our Friday Night Scout School series. We were also on week 15 of Matt Sports Day. It's been an absolute pleasure to get to know David Turner over these last few weeks, I will say. Ever since that draft show, it's been a pleasure, David, honestly. And this is no BS. I am telling you this right now. I'm going to let you in on something that you don't know about me yet, though, my friends. My fantasy football expertise is unmatched. And I have Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, and Travis Kelsey all ready to go this week, baby. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs to cover big here. The Oakland Raiders. I don't, not the Oakland Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. Oh. Go down. I'm going to go over, though, because I think that – I think Kansas City is going to put it on them a little bit. I think Oakland's going to – I keep saying Oakland. Stop, stop. I think the Raiders are going to keep pace for a bit. And then Derek Carr versus Pat Mahomes is going to end the way you think that Derek Carr versus Pat Mahomes is going to end. Give me – the Kansas City Chiefs in this one. Last game we want to talk about. It's fine that you're wrong so often because it just extends my lead over our pickums. So I appreciate that. You don't have a lead. Tell me what the score is. You don't even know what the score is. You don't have. You don't have any clue. You have no clue. I didn't. I didn't just say that I was beating you in it though. You claimed no, to you be beating me. No Oh, I'm, I'm not even listening to you anymore. I'm putting you on mute. Can I mute people? I don't even know if I can do that. Oh, I actually can, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I can mute you if I wanted to right now, but I'm not going to. Last game of the night, the Los Angeles Rams, my Los Angeles Rams, 6-3. and three, Big game, Monday Night Football at the 7-3 and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers, fresh off of a dominating 46-23 victory over the Carolina Panthers. Over-under set at 47 and a half. I will start this one because you know who I'm picking, David. I'm biased, and I will admit that I'm biased in this situation. I'm picking the Los Angeles Rams to keep pace in the best division right now in football, the NFC West, Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, and the L.A. Rams all with 63 records. The Rams need to keep winning to keep pace, even with the extended playoff format with the 17. I still think the Los Angeles Rams take this victory outright against Tampa Bay. I'm going to say this is a lower-scoring game, though, than some people think because I think the Rams' defense is good. I think the Buccaneers' defense is good. So give me the under. Give me the L.A. Rams and the upset. L.A. Rams with the upset over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, huh? Wow, have you picked like, every road team so far? You picked – I think – you oh, no, the only home team you picked was mm-hmm. Seattle. After yep. the home teams went 10-2 and two or whatever this weekend – you're thinking the road teams are coming back with a vengeance, huh? 
I like to I like to pick the better teams to win. That's kind of yeah, my formula. Yeah, obviously you you don't know your fantasy team might be great, but you don't know how to bet teams. So that's a, that's a good thing for Vegas when you go show up. That's like they're collecting money. Hey, hey, the suckers walking in. Tell them to bet more, bet more. We need to make the electricity bill this week. So yeah, uh, uh, but I think you know what I the Rams have been showing me over the last three weeks. They've been showing me a little something. The defense is really sparking and coming alive. I think right now Tampa Bay is struggling a little bit on offense. Tom Brady does not look as crisp. He, him and Mike Evans are not making the uh, making the plays that they were a few weeks ago. And him and Gronkowski are not definitely not hooking up like they used to uh, just a few weeks ago. So for me, I think Tampa Bay's defense is going to is going to cause some fits. I think for the LA Rams offense, but I also think the LA Rams defense is going to cause some fit for the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers offense so this is going to be to me I'm going to pick the under and I'm going to pick the Rams okay well we will see how those pick them shake out for the week seriously though anybody that's listening if you want to go back to our previous episodes and tell David that I'm winning I would love to hear what the scores are actually I'm probably actually doing terrible but I would love to just hear for my own sense of mind on how we are each doing and pick them games we usually would end right here. I actually just want to circle back real quick, David, because before we started the Spencer Brown interview, if you didn't catch that, you should go back and take a listen when this is released at 3 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday. Please go back and check out Spencer Brown interview, Northern Iowa offensive tackle, 2021 NFL draft prospect, senior ball acceptance. He's going to be back down there in Mobile. He's going to turn some heads. We were Before we got Spencer Brown, we were talking about the senior bowl expanding potentially. I did real quick want to bring up College Gridiron Showcase, the Hula Bowl, with the East-West game being canceled, with the NFLPA Bowl being fully virtual. It seems like the College Gridiron Showcase and the Hula Bowl are set to field teams, field rosters. Do you think that either of those games or any game in general can make an impact with the lack of secondary um, games being fielded this year outside of the Senior Bowl. Do you think either of those te- either of those games or another game of to your knowledge can can bridge the gap that the East West and the NFLPA Bowl is leaving? I mean, I mean, yeah, there's there's a place for them if they choose to take the risk. Like any business, you got to calculate the risk and liability before leaping into that decision, right? If the Hula Bowl, to me, wanted to take the risk of going the week after the senior bowl where the weather is still going to be good because it's Hawaii and you bring the teams out the week after the senior bowl and maybe you fly them in to the Monday after the senior bowl, you quarantine them on the Island for three, three days, do three COVID tests and then do weigh-ins like on Thursday, have practice Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then do a Monday night game right? So you get a Monday night audience and do a Monday night game. And that would give you a bubble atmosphere in which then you can, you know, you provide some COVID testing and NFL scouts can attend and you you're out on the Island. So hopefully there's less traffic and things going on where you, you know, sequester the kids and everything. So, you know, there is ways to pull it off out there. I think, I think the Gridiron Classic, there's a there's a way to pull that off as well. But again, you're gonna have to bring them in a few days beforehand, and you might not go as early as you used to go because of that January 18th deadline to declare. 
Um, and again, you might pick the week after the senior bowl to do it, fly them in Monday, weigh in Thursday, same kind of scenario, and then do whatever you were going to do, typical game, you know, one-on-one situational things that they do on Sunday versus doing it during the week like they usually do. This way you have them bubbled a little bit. You have them quarantined a little bit before you start doing the one-on-ones and everybody's in a room, you know, competing in pads and stuff against each other. Well, I just think it's going to be very interesting to watch with how the all-star circuit works out now with a couple of the games dropping out. Uh, Before I let David get the final word in here, I want to remind you Friday night scout school this week, we are starting in the business side of football. Sign up there at NFLDraftBible.com. We also have Baldi's breakdowns, nine o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday. Another evaluation that you should definitely check out with the great Brian Baldinger NFL network. A lot of great things we're doing here at NFL Draft Bible and also on David's side with Maverick Sports Consulting. David, any events, anything you want to drop here, any plugs? What do we? What do you have cooking in the kitchen right now? You know, I have to say I'm sorry. I, I'm having to cancel my seminar series right now with my ankle and my injury. I'm, I have to postpone the, the last three seminars because just sitting at a table like this really hurts a lot um right now and the mri is coming on thursday so we'll know what's really happening so anybody who's listening that's expecting the seminar series to pick back up this week sorry i gotta cancel it for a few weeks until i know what's going on with my ankle um anc we just wrapped up our final episode or our final combine this weekend so that was great it was really wonderful to have these young men out there competing for roster spots so that hot list and my reports will be dropping later this week um, I've already been contacted by several NFL teams about who looked good and who didn't. And then um, we're so those look for that to be hitting on Thursday or Friday. And then again, Friday night scout school, we're going to start teaching the business of football, something that people don't talk about a lot. It's what we love to talk about here on, you know, math sports take is more of the business of it, how people make their business decisions and, and what goes into, you know, making a successful business model, whether it's in the NFL, MLB, whatever it is just in sports. And, um, you know, that's what that's what we hope to bring to everybody in, in everything we do from Maverick Sports Consulting. Absolutely. So, again, follow me at Rise and Draft on Twitter. Follow David at Mav underscore sports to see everything that we got going on. We got a lot in the works. A lot of things we're really excited about. But until next week, a Maverick Sports take. Make sure you like, share, follow on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Again, you have our, our Twitter handles. Send us, a, send us a review. Give, give us your feedback on the show. What would you like to see in a future episode? We are always open. Until next week, my friends, same time, same place next week. Make sure to follow live on the Rise and Draft Twitter page as well as on YouTube and on David's Facebook as well. We appreciate you all so much. Hope everyone has a great night, a great week, and we will talk to you again next week. listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts on today's episode, and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.